You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey everybody, this is Dan. Welcome to the Savage Lovecast. We have lots of calls to get to this week, so we're going to get right to them after this. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. Um, I am a 26-year-old straight female um, with two dear best, 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 best friends who are both gay and wonderful and amazing and equally my friends. And um, recently, well, one of these friends had uh, a buddy basically all year, also gay. They hooked up a little bit, but he had a boyfriend. The friend of a friend had a boyfriend. Um, He broke up with his boyfriend, and my friend, Tom, had his ex-boyfriend in town, so he wasn't able to hook up with him. Meanwhile a friend of a friend, let's call him Bob, Bob was interested in my other best friend. So this guy, Bob, was knowingly fooling around with both of my best friends. And neither of them knew about it. And so I sat down with both of them and I told them individually, separately, that I thought this guy was a liar and that I thought he was playing both of them. But I don't know if I did the right thing, and I didn't tell both of them that he was fucking both of them. Um, as far as I know, they were they were all using condoms. He wasn't putting anybody in um, bodily harm, and I wanted to avoid as much trauma as possible. So, um, yeah, I was just looking for some advice. Do I have a responsibility to tell? my two best friends that they were both fucked over by this guy in a way that they don't understand. Um, yeah, I'd like your advice. I've listened to your call 30 or 40 times now and tried to do sort of a spreadsheet that laid out exactly what the fuck was going on and how you're related to all these people and how they're all sort of gay fuck related to each other. And I still can't quite make it out except there's a Bob and a Tom and they were both getting fucked by this one dude who left for France or maybe Bob left for France or Tom left for France, but somebody's coming back and nobody knows that all three of these guys, well, one guy knows that he was doing, but just tell him, just tell him, don't tell me, please don't call back with a clarification. I really don't want to know. Tell them they probably know. And you know, also it's none of your fucking business really. And gay guys who, cat around don't expect the guys they're catting around with not to also be catting around with other cats so i wouldn't be surprised if bob and tom if they're the ones who you think are going to have the issue about finding out that you know they're one degree of gay separation sex wise from each other now i don't think they're going to be that terribly shocked but you know they're your friends and your first loyalty is to them and what call them tell them don't tell me i i I don't care go call bob call tom Hi, Dan. Um, I'm calling from Denver, and I have a question. So my current boyfriend and I started dating a few months ago. Until he came into my life, I had been single for almost a year, 
after breaking up with my fiance of almost five years. During the stint of singleness, um, I was really, I don't know, expanding my sexual horizons. I kind of turned into a little fuck machine. I got really great at having casual, emotionally detached sex and good sex, too. Um, My boyfriend, until he met me, was having amazing sex with his partner of almost five years. They broke up, he started dating me, and now our sex is all fucked up. I mean, um, foreplay will get really hot, but when it comes down to actual fucking, we both turn off, and it feels almost like we're trying to fuck our grandparents or Dick Cheney or something, just so not hot. I don't understand this because we're both incredibly attracted to each other. Otherwise, um, he's hot as hell. I know for a fact he feels the same way about me, and on top of that, we really like each other. You know, we're super into each other. Yesterday, he told me that he can't even jerk off thinking about me, and I don't really know how to take that. Um, what the fuck is going on here? What the hell were you talking about? We have This is the day. This is the show of confusing phone calls that I can't quite follow. So you're banging this guy, and the foreplay is great, but once he sticks his penis in you, he turns into Dick Cheney or your grandmother? Kind of, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's like the hottest thing ever. We're both incredibly fucking attracted to each other. And the second that we did not, it's, I mean, it's not once he sticks his dick inside of me. It's once we get, like, even close to the action of sex, I just turn off sexually. What do you mean? What I, I do you don't mean? feel De- turned wait, off. Wait, 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 slow down. Define close to the action of sex. What does that mean? At what point are we talking about? Okay, well, I'll be giving him a blowjob or he'll be going down on me, and that's fine. We're making out, that's fine. Once his dick comes near my vagina, even if it's not inside of my vagina, I feel like... I dry up, and I'm completely turned off. Weird. I know, and I, I think that, honestly, I don't know if it's because um, I actually like this guy, and like I said, I've been kind of like a an emotionally detached fuck machine for the last year. You know, I've been single <laughs> ever in my whole life. guys are calling asking me for your phone number after that, but go ahead. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I think maybe, like, I, I could be experiencing some sort of weird, like, intimacy issue or I don't know. It feels like the stakes are high because you attach a lot of importance to vaginal intercourse and with him it feels more significant. You're not sure you want to make that kind of leap yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe. That's what what I've come to because I think this guy is so good looking and he's so brilliant and he's fun and I can't explain why my vagina won't stay wet. Nerves. Nerves. It's just like dudes who lose their boners when... You know, you know, they can fuck somebody they don't care about and they're rock hard, and they fuck somebody they feel like they could really be serious about or have feelings for, and suddenly the boner is unreliable. Because, and how do I take... Because the stakes okay, feel higher. Different. Well, here's what you do. Stop having fucking vaginal intercourse. If that's the problem, just take it off the menu for a while, just as I constantly am advising people. You almost would think I have a bias against vaginal intercourse sometimes. I think you should... <laughs> You know, you're saying the moment sex starts, well, I think oral sex is sex, and if you guys are successfully blowing each other and eating each other out, stick with that for a while. Nail that. Do that successfully. All right. You're right. I mean, that's what we've been doing, actually, you know. And just... So, and how am I supposed to take the fact that he's, like, he feels the same way, and he's, like... I mean, maybe he's just, like, feeding off of my... Maybe like, it's I don't okay, know. then, for both of you to... What both of your bodies are saying... What about guys. the whole, like, I can't objectify you. Stop interrupting you, like, me. I'm the interrupter <laughs> on this show. Go for it. God, no wonder he can't get his dick in edgewise. He couldn't get a word in edgewise with you in the room. 
I think what may be happening with both of you guys is you look at each other and the stakes feel higher emotionally, which is making sex that you might have thrown away on somebody else feel more fraught and important and consequential. And it's fine to, like, take things slower with person A than you took with persons B, C, and D because you're more invested in how person A is going to turn out in the end, or, or where the relationship is going. So, you know, some people are total fucking whores, and I'm not calling you a total fucking whore, for all I know you got an incomplete in whoredom, but some people are total fucking whores with the whole world will meet somebody that they love and suddenly be acting like all blushing virgins again and nervous and wanting yeah, to go that's slow. Happening. Exactly what's happening to me right now. So go slow. Listen to your body. Listen to what your body's telling you. Your body is telling you, you know what? Let's let the let's let's take vaginal intercourse off the menu. Let's you know pretend we're virgins again. Let's really let there be a slow build until we move on to full penetrative intercourse, so that it has some okay. significance and meaning. Because he has some significance and meaning right now for you emotionally, and let right. him have that. And roll with the punches. Roll with your body. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, if he's really all that, I want you to email me a picture. Okay, I will. Advice. Yes, I'll yeah. do it. Done. Okay, bye. Hi, Dan. I am a 19-year-old straight college chick from the Midwest, and I have a question for you. How do you dump the motherfucker already if you can't get a hold of him? Um, I have a follow-up to this. Uh, <laughs> I've been getting shit on a lot, and... Um, the whole I have a boyfriend excuse doesn't really cut it. And I'm wondering if you can help me out with that too. Thanks. Bye. If you can't get a hold of him, you don't have to dump him because he's already dumped you. All right? It's over. Let's not be delusional about this. So some guy's changed his phone number and isn't calling or seeing you anymore. You don't really have to lift a fucking finger to end that relationship. It has been ended uh, for you. Uh, and if you're getting hit on a lot, Yahtzee, that's great. You're single. Uh, you're rid of him or he's rid of you, but you're rid of each other. Yahtzee, people are hitting on you. Uh, what do you do if you don't have the I have a boyfriend excuse? Well, you can use the I have a boyfriend excuse if you'd like. You can also tell the fucking truth, which is always an option. You could say, thank you very much, but I'm not interested. Period. You don't have to say why you're not. I'm not interested because you have green teeth and a unibrow and I'm not inter- – you don't have to, like, elaborate. You don't have to say, I have a boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend. You don't have to say anything at all. Just thank you very much. That's very sweet of you. I'm sorry I'm not interested. Period. Hey, Dan. I love your show, and I have a question about blowjobs. I'm a 21-year-old woman in college, and my boyfriend is a few years older, and he just graduated from college. My question about the blowjobs is, how many are enough? I'm not a blowjob-hating woman, uh, and my boyfriend thinks highly enough of my skills that he wants to repeat performances. But I kind of like sex better than blowjobs. I can't come from giving them a blowjob, and it's a little difficult for me to come, period. So I prefer having sex to the lesser pleasure of knowing that I'm making them happy. Is that so unreasonable? And he takes at least an hour to recover, which usually isn't enough time for both acts in one night, taking into account the time before play. So the times that I make him come, should 25% be blowjobs? 15%? I don't think I'm willing to go above 30%. I can't ask him this question directly because then he thinks I don't like blowjobs, which isn't true. Um, this is especially important because we're going to be starting a long-distance relationship soon, so the amount of sex we'll be able to have, period, is going to dwindle dramatically. Thanks for the advice. Bye. 
You like sex better than blowjobs. Uh, just a point of order, blowjobs are sex. Um, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I submit to you that blowjobs are actually sex. I thought we learned that in the 90s. What do you do here? You need to come to some sort of terms with him. He likes blowjobs. You say you like giving them, but there's not a lot in them for you. Uh, you're not going to come giving him a blowjob. Uh, that may be true. It does seem, though, that at those moments when you give him a blowjob, he could be pleasuring you. You could be pleasuring yourself. You could have a vibrator down there. You could plant your pussy on his face and he could eat you while you're blowing him. Uh, he could also reciprocate immediately afterwards. You blow him. He comes. He gets down on his knees and eats your pussy uh, or does whatever it is that you need doing until you come. I'm reluctant to set some sort of number like – or a percentage that, you know, 25% of the sex you have should be blowjobs or oral. You need to come to some sort of terms with him about what he likes and what he most digs and appreciates uh, and what you most dig and appreciate. You guys have to come to some sort of uh, compromise about how much of your sex life is going to be oral. If at this early stage in the relationship, it feels like you have to bring in lawyers and agents to negotiate a deal that's kind of a bad sign about sexual compatibility. It may be that he's one of those guys uh, that oral is so important to that he's going to want that more often than you're willing to give it. And over the long term, that's going to become more and more of a problem if you are not a totally oral fixated babe. So maybe you're not right for each other. Or maybe you just need to be a little bit more assertive about or creative, the both of you, I mean, about the ways in which oral sex can be incentivized for you, the things that can be added to the pictures. It's not just you on your knees uh, blowing him or, you know, him on his back and you squatting between his legs blowing him, but your genitalia are involved with the blowjob too. So there's uh, something there for you and your pleasure that's happening concurrently. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hey, Dan. So um, it all started innocently enough. Uh, I'm uh, sitting there, uh, you know, standing in the banister, having a good one, rubbing one out. And uh, I'm, I'm, I come all over the place, happy, whatever, and uh, just really enjoying myself. And I'm basking in the afterglow. And my wife's dog, who was uh, I thought was asleep beside me, comes up and starts licking, you know, my jizz off my hand and then proceeds to lick up the jizz off all the floor, which I found kind of humorous and interesting. Um, more to the point, however, now she's beside me almost every single time I, I, I go to jerk off. If I'm in the bathroom, she has a way or sense of knowing something's going on, and when she hears me finish in one way or another, likes to come in and, um, and finish the job, like, you know, like lick up what remains. So... I'm just wondering if this is, you know, considered animal cruelty, because she seems to like it. She just, I mean, you know, I'm not hurting her. I'm not forcing her to. She's just licking up my cum, and, and it, you know, makes it kind of nice for me, because I don't have a mess, and I don't know. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are were on it. Every once in a while, you get that call 
you listen and you just really want to go boil your eardrums. You really want to pop them out of your head, put them in a pan on the stove for about four or five days and just boil them. Listen, the dog isn't licking up your cum. You're putting all this on the dog. The dog is licking up my cum, lapping it up. The dog has superpowers apparently because when you beat off in the bathroom with the door closed, the dog can somehow sense you there, break down the door, lick up your cum, which when you beat off in the bathroom, apparently you're coming where? On the walls, on the floors, not on the toilet, not in down the drain, not uh, into a hand towel. No, it's just like you're like a sprinkler. You're like one of those things turning in a circle and just watering the lawn, right? And so pff, it's everywhere. And oh, here comes the dog. Gosh darn it, that dog and its agency, that dog and its ability to, to walk through walls, that dog... You are you are feeding the dog your cum, and it seems like you kind of like it. That first time, the dog didn't lick your cum up off the floor. The dog licked your cum out of your hand. How did that happen? Did you leave your hand unattended in the room after you finished? Did you detach it? Go to the bathroom and come back, and the dog had licked your animatronic hand clean, Luke Skywalker? I don't think so. I think you held that hand out to that dog. And I think on some level, you're sort of... Digging this disgusting disposal method, method, actually, it's kind of a mess. Uh, And you just, or you're kind of bragging about it. It makes me kind of nauseous. You know, I have a dog. I have a little, awful, one-eyed, one-eared, deaf, leotarded toy poodle. And we have a problem with this dog in that if you leave your underwear on the floor, you come back in 10 minutes and it's sopping wet because the dog is chewing the crotch. And so you know what we've we, you know what our approach to this problem is not to leave our fucking underwear on the floor cuz it's disgusting cuz you don't want the dog licking your face after it's chewed up your dirty underwear right you don't want the dog eating your cum don't come where the dog can get at it. You're like feeding – it's like feeding a dog table scraps. They're going to come begging at the table if you feed it table scraps. If you keep letting this dog Lick up your cum. If you keep feeding this dog your cum, the dog is going to continue to pester you for your cum when it hears the telltale thwap, dog whistle thwap thwap going on even behind a closed door. And in closing, you, sir, are a pervert. Own it. Like, that's fun. You know, I don't think you're abusing the dog. I, I think it's gross. I don't think you're abusing the dog. Uh, I don't think the dog is suffering. Dogs are disgusting. Dogs eat other dogs' shit. You can't take a dog for a walk without it just huffing 4,000 other dogs' stale urine at every fucking bush and tree. Dogs are revolting and disgusting. I don't know why people have them in their houses. I don't know why. I know why I have one in my house because my boyfriend wants it in the house. If if it was up to me, we would have it stuffed and put on the mantle and we could appreciate it. And you could still pet it, but you wouldn't have to like... Find your fucking soaking wet underwear on the floor because you left it unattended for even a second. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't like dogs. I don't know if I've kind of bottled that up for so long. I don't think uh, the podcast listeners know that. Um, But you're the freak in this. The dog's just doing what dogs do. You're the sick piece of shit in this uh, interspecies relationship. Let's just cop to it. You are doing this. You are feeding your cum to the dog. The dog is not licking up your cum. Don't put it on the dog. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm calling about my fantasy life. Um, I don't really have one. Um, I've kind of always been sexual enough, but 
I always had partners from the time that I sort of became sexually interested in myself and in other people. I just found partners and dealt with my sexual urges that way. And now that I'm getting older, I feel kind of ripped off that I never really developed a fantasy life. And things just don't really come to me. They do once in a while, but I, I don't really have a series of fantasies. And from talking to partners in the past, I feel that they do. And I'm just wondering if you can think of any way I could encourage a growth of my own fantasy life. The important question here is not like, where's my fantasy life and why don't I have any crazy fucking fantasies? The question you need to ask yourself is, what turns me on? And for some of us, it's like feeding our cum to dogs and having, you know, a, a sex life that involves props and costumes and a cast of thousands, a sword and sandal epic, right? And those are what we think of as the people who are really having the crazy sex lives or having lots of like wild experiences because they have these amazingly elaborate fantasies. And, you know, the increased amount of openness out there in the culture about people with uh, – bizarro fantasy lives with, with, you know, more interesting, compelling, crazy sexual fetishes and interests is that it's making people who don't have crazy sexual fetishes and interests feel a little insecure or inadequate, which is a real flip from the way it used to be. It used to be that everybody who was quote unquote normal, who just liked normal sex, who liked to have sex partners and uh, with those sex partners enjoy, you know, vaginal intercourse, maybe a little bit of oral and nothing else. It's making those people feel like freaks now. And it used to be that those people were normal and everybody else was a freak. And now the, you know, the constant conversation in places like my column and on the podcast and other places about the freaks is making the normal folks feel a little freakish. And it's kind of a neat reversal in a way uh, because maybe the freaks deserve some normality feeling time. But – if you have, if you get aroused, if you enjoy the sex that you're having, even if it's quote unquote boring and normal compared to the sex that other people that you've heard about um, are out there having, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing inadequate about your turn-ons. There's nothing inadequate or insufficient about your fantasy life. You fantasize about sex with someone you're dating uh, and the sex is pretty vanilla. But if it works for you, it works for you. Don't stress it. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 25-year-old male. Uh, I have this friend uh, that I go way back with since uh, high school and everything. He's been uh, dating this girl for like five or six years now. Uh, she is his first girlfriend. Uh, and all of his friends who know him outside of the context of his relationship can't really stand her. Uh, neither can his mom. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say this in a nice way, but she's... A really unpleasant person, petty, childish, bitter, mean, uh, you name it. Uh, I mean, I've seen her be really mean to him. Uh, she doesn't know how to handle her own emotions, and on top of that is obsessive-compulsive. Uh, and I, I wish I could say she was uh, super hot to make up for all this, but uh, not the case. Um, she's, like, thrown several public tantrums, which were ridiculous and, frankly, like, embarrassing and kind of abusive to him. Uh, they broke up a couple times because the relationship was so codependent, but now they live together in a house that her dad bought, and it's worse. Um, she's made it clear that uh, she wants to eventually get married. He's said a number of times they wouldn't make a good pair, but seems less convinced of it than he used to be. And she's also talked about having kids, which, of course, he thinks is a bad idea, but he's also said if she got pregnant, uh, you know. <laughs> he's one of the smartest people I know, intellectually speaking. Brilliant guy, but this is his first relationship, and he's an awesome guy, but was also kind of a you know, huge dork and a mama's boy, and now he's devoted to this girl. Uh, 
And uh, the thing is, like, it seems like he, he loves her, but he doesn't necessarily like her or wouldn't like her if she weren't his first girlfriend. My dime store analysis is he doesn't want to leave her because his dad walked out on his mom and he doesn't want to be the guy who quits, but I'm terrified he's just going to repeat this cycle 20, 30 years removed. Uh, I've voiced my opinions about this to him um, and with another friend even, uh, which wasn't intentional, but it happened. It, it, I've been very honest, and I've literally said she is in no way good enough for you. I've also backed off for months at a time, and he's admitted that she's childish and all this stuff. He he thinks I just have different relationship priorities than he does, which is definitely true, but not really relevant to the situation. And in his defense, I am a know-it-all. <laughs> but I think he's just looking for reasons to discredit me. Uh, my, rose, my most recent tactic has been to tell him to listen to Savage Lovecast and hope that the non-threatening, uh, indirect advice will sneak past his defenses but this wasn't a passive-aggressive way to tell him what I think, since I've pretty much already done that. If you voiced your opinion to him about what a piece of shit uh, his awful girlfriend is, and it sounds like you've voiced that opinion over and over and over again, you've done all you can. The only thing left is hiring a hitman, which I don't recommend that you or anyone else do. Seriously. But, you know, apparently he has a taste for controlling, abusive, bullying people. He wants them in his life. Uh, he's got her. She's a controlling, uh, sounds verbally abusive, bully. And in a way, he's kind of manipulated you into that role, too, where he goes home to the controlling, manipulative, abusive, asshole girlfriend who screams and yells at him. And then he goes and hangs out with you and you scream and yell at him about his abusing uh, manipulative asshole girlfriend and he just you know he cleans up he wins he's getting it from everybody he's getting people who are telling him he's an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing and needs to do blah 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 and want to run his life for him step back you've said your piece it's all you can do refuse to talk to him about his piece of shit girlfriend if he brings her up tell him once again you know just say you know how i feel about her she's wrong for you you need to break up with her don't marry her don't mix your genes with hers that's it You've done, you've done, done all you can do, and there's no more. Hi, Dan. My name is Erica. I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm 38 and straight. I don't know if I have a question so much as a story. I recently was involved with a guy, and uh, it was long distance for a few months. We were old friends, and when we got together, um, he uh, had acted like he was a really sexual person. He was really into sex, and he loved it, and I got there and come to find out he couldn't keep it up which I, you know, I played it cool. I didn't say, hey, you can't keep it up. I was uh, pretty awesome about it, and we just messed around, played around, whatever, and I thought we had pretty good uh, sexual chemistry, and I wasn't really sure what was going on with him. And then a couple days before I left visiting him, he informed me that he goes to massage parlors for happy endings, and that that is the only way that he can keep it up, and that's what he does, and that he actually doesn't like actual sex with a woman. He would just rather be jerked off. And I'm under the impression that he gets jerked off by women, but he wasn't really clear and that he is straight, but it was very confusing, very overwhelming. And um, he ended all sorts of ties with me after that. Well, I ended them with him as well. It got very, he got very mean afterwards. But also on top of that, on top of telling me this story about himself, he made it seem as if he was still very interested in me. He wanted to keep a relationship going. He told me he was in love with me. Come to find out, it was all a very bizarre, weird fantasy for him. I was just curious if you've heard about this with other guys, straight guys, whatever, that 
don't really get off having sex with women, would rather just be jerked off and give someone money in exchange for it. Have I heard of guys like this? Yeah, vaguely, generally. There's a lot of emotionally stunted, sexually damaged nut jobs running around out there, and they're not all guys either. Uh, yeah, there are some guys who can only function sexually uh, under circumstances where there's no emotional connection, no emotional involvement, uh, and nothing on the stake, nothing on the line, because they're somebody dropped them on their heads at a particular moment during their sexual development and forever stunted their emotional and sexual growth. I would encourage you not to obsess about it too much. He sounds like a slightly emotionally sadistic weirdo, which may be why he can only relate to women uh, sexually who he's paying and can dismiss at will uh, and on a whim. And I would encourage you not to be so wrapped up uh, in this experience and also not to view all men through the prism of this man. Yeah, he's a fucking mess. Yeah, he was awful to you. And it sounds like you would be within your rights to, you know, throw a can of creamed corn through a plate glass window at his house if you ever drove by. But not all guys are like this. It's not normal. I wouldn't even describe it as as that common. Uh, It happens. Sometimes you get involved with people who are shits and you did and you did the right thing you dumped him you walked away you put the piece of shit down and ran and then you go out and you date somebody else and hope that they're not a piece of shit like that last piece of shit and eventually you'll find somebody golden and you'll be happy so long as you don't let experiences like this make you bitter Hi, Dan. This is Whitney. Um, I'm calling from Chicago, and I'm calling in response to the man who called uh, about 29-year-olds dating the 18-year-olds. And I'm calling to say that I was once that 18-year-old. I was dating a guy who was 10 years older than me. Um, We've since broken up, but we had a lovely two-year relationship, and I look back on it with very fond memories. So I just want to say that he is maybe being creepy a little bit, um, and he's going to deal with a lot of weird comments. But if you beat everybody to the chase and make the joke before they do, and, you know, really take it slow and make it an open communication stuff, it can be a really beautiful thing. And um, I learned a lot from him, and, you know, we're still really good friends. So I give him all my blessings from a previously 18-year-old dating a 29-year-old, and I hope everything's well. Thanks. Sometimes there can be a really significant age imbalance and the relationship can still be happy and healthy. A lot of people look at a a large age difference and go, oh, there's such a power differential there that there's no way that that relationship can't be skewed or queered or poisoned uh, by, you know, the power imbalance. And what people generally disregard when they make that observation is that youth and beauty is a kind of power. And so long as there's uh, mutual respect and more, I think, care and consideration from the older partner uh, for the younger partner who, however young and beautiful uh, and powerful, uh, is often more naive and less experienced and therefore more exploitable. If the older partner observes the campsite rule and does everything right, uh, it can work out well for everyone. And by work out well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stay together forever. As you point out in your call, caller, your relationship lasted two years. You emerged uns- you emerged happy, healthy, smarter, wiser, more sexually experienced, and with a, a, a friendship with this man that is going to last perhaps for the rest of your life. So even if a relationship isn't forever, and sometimes that's people's standard, like, oh my God, it's, it's not okay to date this person because something long-term could never work out, therefore... You're just using her or she's just using you. Relationships don't have to last 50 years to have been mutually beneficial and valid and good for all involved. 
And we're going to end with that moral to that story. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a call for a future show, leave your name and a callback number in case we have a follow-up question for you. 206-201-2720. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. And me and the Tech Savvy at-risk youth and I will be back at you next week. <laughs> next week? Next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Cast.